Welcome to the RUBSC podcast, Finding Your Triathlon Why, sponsored by BSC Multisport. I'm your host, Todd. I'm here with Jordan. Hello, triathletes. And Coach Scott. Hey, how you doing? Hey, guys. Welcome back. Um, we're here for another session, and this is an interesting topic for us to dive into. Um, and uh, a, a one that, you know, is takes a little bit of effort to learn and use, actually. Um, we're talking about RPE today, and I'm going to let Coach Scott kick us off here a little bit about explaining what RPE is and how we use it and, and what it, the benefits of really tuning your body to using RPE. Well, first of all, RPE is rate of perceived exertion. It's, it's a subjective, your subjective self-evaluation of how hard your effort is. And using RPE is truly becoming a lost art because nowadays we've got power meters, we've got watches, and, and so it's pretty easy to want to look down at your watch and say, oh, I'm doing good because my pace is whatever it is. Um, but the reality is batteries die. Um, Jordan has had problems recently with, with his power meters dropping out. So what do you do when that happens? And I would argue that those devices, whether it be a heart rate monitor or, or it be power meters, um, those should be secondary to begin with. I would argue that RPE should be your primary way of your sorry about that, should be your primary way of, of pacing. Um, and then you use those, those other devices as a backstop, if you will, to keep you from doing anything silly. And I would extend that not only training, but also to race day. Um, so many people, they, they, I hear, especially when I first start working with them, what should my power be in my race? Well, your power should be whatever is going to work for you on that particular day. Um, because and we talked about this earlier, when you get to race day, if it's suddenly 95 degrees with 95% humidity, your expected power output is going to be a lot different than if it's 70 degrees with 20% humidity. So anyway, RPE is, is the way that you subjectively determine um, what, what your power output is or what, how hard you're, you're exercising. And that applies whether you're swimming, you're on the bike, or you're on the run. And RPE is certainly something you need to develop over time. Uh, most athletes, when they start out with RPE, when they start really focusing on that, they'll say, oh, I'm at, using a scale of 1 to 10, where 10 is the hardest effort. They'll say, oh, I'm at an 8. I'm really working hard. And then we hook them up to a power meter, and they find out that they were only at maybe 70% FTP. And so suddenly we see that their sense of RPE or their sense of how hard they're working is not very well lined up to reality. And so over over time, and you need to have, to, to be able to develop that sense of RPE, you need to have some way of objectively determining how quickly or how hard you're working, whether that be a, a heart rate monitor or a power meter. But over time, um, you'll, you'll dial in your rpe meter and you'll get to where it's very, very accurate. And, and in reality, it's more accurate than your power meter or your heart rate monitor because RPE self-adjusts to conditions at the time. And that's why I like RPE. And BSC, I mean, our method of encouraging athletes to pace a race is primarily using RPE with heart rate and or power meter as a backstop to make sure that you're not doing anything silly on race day. 
So Jordan, maybe talk to us a little bit about how you folded in RPE. Coach mentioned that when we have times of equipment um, not working properly, whatever, but you still want to get the workout in. What have you done um, to kind of dial that in? And what are some of the tricks that you've used to, to train your body to use RPE and, and develop a sense of it? So RPE has taken me a little bit of time to actually develop. Um, it's one of those things that takes, you have to run, do multiple, multiple runs. And really, sometimes you have to find out when you're crashing. Um, you know, I've gone out and done some runs in humidity and I'm not the smallest triathlete out there. So warm, humid conditions can really kind of crush me. And despite I'm running, you know, right at a zone two pace, I get, you know, halfway, three quarters of the way through my long run and I'm going to walk home. So learning that RPE has, has helped me to, you know, adjust for those days. Um, I don't always have my uh, heart rate monitor with me when I'm at work and maybe I can get a 30 minute run in, you know, for a lunch on a work day. So learning how to do my runs without using that heart rate monitor to make sure that I'm constantly there um, has, has helped me to stay within the plan, stay within the goal. Um, one thing that I found that I, that really helped me develop my RPE meter a little bit more recently was to bring my watch, bring my heart rate monitor, do the run the way that it's the way that I felt and then look at the data afterwards. Did I hit those goals? Was I at a, a zone two on my heart rate despite, you know, despite what the data actually says or what I actually thought or what pace I was running at. Um, and I found that sometimes I do tend to push myself a little bit harder on my heart rate than I really thought I was on my RPE meter. So doing a couple runs, getting the data, but not paying attention to the data during the run, that that is the biggest thing that's helped me develop my RPE meter. And I think that's one of the important differences, right? When we're using data all the time, if we have my Garmin watch or my bike computer and I'm checking the data constantly while I'm in the workout versus when I'm just checking my body and getting a sense of how tired am I becoming? What kind of energy output can I sustain right now knowing how much work I've put in so far? And what are the physical and environmental factors affecting me right now? Humidity, heat, cold, um, rain, whatever environment you're in um, is affecting. And coach, maybe you can talk to us a little bit about how do I build that sense? How do I actually train myself to um, learn how to use RPE? When, when I see athletes train, and, and I mean, let's be honest, oftentimes I'm, I'm dealing with people remotely, both of you happen to be locally. And so I, I have had the pleasure of being with you at times when you've trained. But um, when I see people and, and they're running like this, they're, they're looking at their watch, they're spending the entire time looking at, your, at their watch, or they're cycling and their head is just glued to the head unit. I don't want to see that. I, I would rather see them run and periodically check their watch and, and see where they are. They know what their what their goal is. They they know that it's a Z2 run. 
And so they should know right off the top of their head what that, what that zone is, whether it's heart rate or power. Um, and, and so I'd rather see them run and then check you know, every five, 10 minutes, not just, I mean, I've literally seen people, it's like every two seconds or they're checking their watch. I don't want to see that because I want them to develop the RPE meter. And you do that by trusting your sense of RPE, checking your watch or your device, um, that objective measurement of what you're doing, and then adjusting. And, and that's how you dial in the RPE meter. And to Jordan's um, case, Jordan's got, now I can say to Jordan, hey, go out and do a Z2 run. I want a 30 minute Z2 run. And he can leave his watch at home. And more often than not, I'll get a Z2 run. He'll be, he'll be right there, right in the zone where he needs to be. Um, and that's because he's worked on this quite a lot over the past couple of years. And so on race day, then you can use that sense of RPE and It'll just self-adjust to environmental conditions, to your hydration, to your fatigue. Um, you know, Jordan just had a new baby, and so his fatigue level is going to be expected to be higher than it might normally be. Well, RPE will allow him to just just adjust to that. He won't have mm -hmm. to worry about, well, what's my power and what's my, my heart rate? Mm -hmm. RPE will just allow him to instantly adjust to that. So some of, some of this is teaching your, yourself to assess and learn and, and then apply. So exactly. it does take a little bit of time in your workouts to then check against the data afterwards and look back and say, I really felt like I was really putting a lot of effort into that workout. But then when I checked the data to Jordan's point, was I hitting the zone two workout that was, that was expected to, or say a zone three tempo, but I was really at zone five. My heart rate was really high. I was putting way too much in and I should have backed off during that. So next time I go do my, say, zone two or zone three tempo, I don't want to be running at max speed or I don't want to be putting out max power on the bike. I need to start getting the feel for what a zone is. And I think that's right. really hard. It takes practice and consistency. Well, and to that point, too, when you, when you upload your workout, um, go into Training Peaks or, or whatever platform you're using for your training logs and make a comment. Z2 run felt like I was in Z2. You know, and do that when you upload the workout, because then when you analyze the workout, you know, then or, or sometime later, you've got to reference what you felt at the time. This is where I thought I was. I thought I was in Z2. And then you look back and you're actually high Z4. Now you have a frame of reference. Okay, well, where's the discrepancy? Why, why did I think that? You know, some days you're going to have really good days and you're going to be Superman. Other days, I, I say this all the time, some days you're the bug, some days you're the windshield. There's going to be those days where you're the bug and you just have a really bad day. But if you write that and, and you have that documented, then when you look back, you can you can begin to correlate that and and just better develop your, your sense of RPE. So I guess something else to consider in developing your sense of RPE are factors outside of the actual workout itself, right? So yeah. you mentioned this about if you have a new baby in the household or you change jobs or you're now traveling more and you weren't so before. So um, that plays a factor and, and it's the whole body kind of sensory, right? It's not just in yes. the workout, but it's what happened before, what happened after, did I prepare properly for this, in this well, next workout? A good example of that is the current conditions just all the external stress, you know, in your job, uh, your stress level with what's going on currently because of what you do um, in your day job, 
your stress level's gone up. Well, that's going to spill over into your workouts. If your stress is really high in your, in your personal life, in your work life, and then you try to go out and do a really hard workout or hit really high targets, whatever the case may be, you're gonna likely have difficulty doing that. And if you have that sense of RPE, it's going to allow you to adjust a little bit more easily. Now that's not to say you shouldn't try to hit workout targets and so forth, but it will put you in line so you at least understand what's going on and you'll understand that, wow, okay, I'm under some stress today. And if I really wanna hit these VO2 max targets, it's gonna feel harder than what I perceive it feeling, or it's gonna to need to be harder than what I perceive it because of the additional stress. So as you begin to understand how RPE works relative to what's going on at the time, then that allows you to dial it in more precisely. So um, Jordan, when you think about um, now developing your RPE and getting into um, being able to kind of correlate that to the the metrics and the data output and, and what you're doing real time in a workout or afterwards, what are some of the things that you're now using RPE for either in training or as you're preparing for a race? So using RPE helps me make sure that I'm not going to bury myself where I can't complete workouts, which will go back to, you know, other topics of like consistency. If you if I'm absolutely tired, and, you know, the baby's been up most of the night or, you know, I've just worked, you know, you know, two 12 hour shifts back to back or that, and I'm already tired and I go out there and try to do, you know, a threshold run and push myself way past where I can be and put myself in RP 10 for an hour. Um, I might not be recovering from that to get the next work, the next day's workouts in or whatever it is. So being able to, that will tie right back into, you know, consistency um, and keeping a good training balance. And also, you know, we're all here. We have our families at home. You don't want to do a, a workout and then not be able to, you know, spend your time, you know, playing basketball with the kids outside. Mm -hmm. So RPE will help help keep you balanced in your life um and as well as it will help you stay balanced in a race too mm -hmm. so if you're doing an rpe 9 or 10 on your bike you're probably not going to finish the run on your feet or if you are on your feet it's probably going to be a walk mm -hmm. um so that's that's just a a big part of training that rpe meter mm -hmm. so so that brings up an important point too, is um, coach thinking about the, the outside factors and applying them to an individual workout for the day or future workouts, um, training peaks and looking at the metrics and our stress levels and our CTL, um, the RPE plays an important factor in maybe things that aren't captured in the metrics and in I, the data. The, the, all the data, all the metrics and all the different squiggly lines um, that's just one part of it. That's a tool and RPE is another tool. And we try to use all those tools together um, to, to get to our goal, to, to complete what we're trying to do. Um, all those metrics on, on training peaks mean nothing on race day because you're not gonna be on the course looking at training peaks. 
what you've got on course is maybe a watch, maybe a head unit. You might have access to power data. You might have access to heart rate. You'll always have access to RPE. You can, your, your watch battery can die. It happens. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've seen and heard it happen. I had an athlete just last week. He was doing a real big ride. And the first climb, his power meter died. His pedals died. So now what? Um, you can either just abandon it and be done for the day. And then now you've got, um, that goes to consistency and, and that's going to set you back. Or you can fall back on to RPE because you've always got that with you. And so um, I'm real big on, on developing a sense of RPE and using that as the primary pacing metric because you've always got that with you. And then using heart rate and or power, like I said earlier, as the Hey, silly, don't do this because you're, you're going too hard. Um, that's generally where you use it, but it can also go the other way. Um, if you happen to look down, if you're on the bike, and, and I stress to people, you know, start the bike on the easy side and build rather than starting hard and, and blowing up. Um, so if, if you're riding along, you started um, relatively slow and, and you're, you're riding along and you look down and you're 50 watts below what your red line is, well, that might also be instructive in that it says, hey, Maybe you need to re revisit where you're at for RPE and are you 50 watts below because it's 110 degrees out or are you 50 watts below because you're just not feeling it today, whatever the case may be. So it all works together. And speak, you, you mentioned a little bit about pacing and in an actual race, you know, tapping into RPE. So once you've built a sense of your RPE kind of um, sensory um, ability to use it real time, um, how would I use it to either set up my pacing or if I've got my pacing set up for a race, how do I then check and balance using RPE during that event? Well, what I, any of my long course athletes, um, whether it's half iron or, or full iron, um, we'll always have a, a race plan. Um, this is, we'll, we'll break the course into, into segments, um, generally four segments, and, and we'll have our targets through each of those segments. And, um, so then you know this is my red lines, um, this is my power red lines or my heart rate red lines on the on the run because we do the same thing. We'll break the run down into, into sections. Um, this is my red line. And so that red line is, it's not a full on do not exceed red line because if you're really feeling good, you, you can exceed it a little bit. The whole point of the red line is that's, that's like you're, hey, wake up, really took, take a look at what you're doing. And so you should be using RPE. And so on a, on a, um, an Ironman bike, we, we'd want you in, in maybe Z3 for most of the ride um, towards the end, maybe building into Z4. Um, so you know that, and you know that your red lines are gonna be corresponding to that. You'll have a red line for hills if you got onto a medium hill, heavy hill, or a big hill. Um, and so that's just saying, hey, if you're here, if you go beyond this, you're gonna be burning a match. And so, that's one of the things we work on in training is, is the matches, how many matches you've got. And that goes to, which would be another topic on another day, but doing VO2 max work for, for a long course triathlete. Well, why do I, I'm not gonna be riding at VO2 max. Well, yes, you may be. And so developing that anaerobic capacity gives you more matches that you can use um, when you get out there and you're, you're pulling that hill or you're making a pass. But those red lines are, are what's directing and, and saying to you, hey, reanalyze, revisit your RPE, where you're at. And so it all works together. 
when you develop that good solid sense of RPE, you don't really need those red lines. You don't really need the heart rate. And increasingly, as, as people get a year in, two years in, three years in, they're not using those. Um, and, and heart rate and heart, uh, power become more of a training metric than a racing metric. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, you know, they're there. It's your backstop. And that's how I've always looked at them is, is heart rate and power are your backstop on race day. RPE is your pacing metric. Yeah. And then um, environmental factors during the race, um, I think, force you to tap into RPE when things start to go wrong or things start to change. Right? And Jordan, I think about um, Jordan um, when uh, I was spectating in Muncie a couple of years ago at your Olympic race. And all of a sudden in the run, the sun came out and it got super hot and it was May. So we weren't expecting it to be that hot yet. And um, I remember you coming across the finish going, wow, the second half of that run was boiling out there and there was no shade cover. So I think RPA played a big part, RPE played a big part because, and I'll let you talk to it, because at that second half, it doesn't matter what your watch is saying, what pace you're holding, your heart rate is spiking because that heat. And so then you do need to tap into your, your sensory system and using RPE. Yeah, it had been super cool all that, that entire spring so far. And, you know, it's May and it hit 80 in May, which, hello, Indiana, that's the yeah. way it goes. Yeah. Um, and if I would have been at about, you know, the 5K into it, if I would have been trying to hold my normal, you know, um, you know, 10K pace for the rest of that run, I would probably not have been running when I crossed that finish line. So I just knew, you know, I had to, I backed back down. It was probably more of what would have been considered a zone two pace for the rest of that, you know, what I had been training to at that point. But at that point, that was, that was my 10 K that was my, that was the best I was going to get out of that day. And, you know, I was able to cross it and, you know, find the closest bucket of ice that I could find. <laughs> right. Yeah, but to Jordan's point there, and we talked about this after that race, he wasn't consciously making the decision, oh, I need to back down to this slower pace. <clears throat> Rather, it was more RPE said that the effort that you're doing right now is the race effort that you should be doing. It turned out that that was more the Z2 pace. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so RPE allowed him to adjust pacing without consciously saying, oh, I need to, to slow down from, uh, you know, whatever it was pace to, to a slower pace. Um, it just RPE put him in the right output because the output felt the same. <coughs> Excuse me. It just meant that it was actually slower. Yeah, I think, um, I think I've got a little work to do with, uh, with RPE and, and training myself. To, training myself to learn how to use RPE because I think it's something that when you fall into using metrics all the time, relying on your watch, <laughs> relying on your watch, relying on your um, head unit, um, the metrics, you, we fall victim to um, <clears throat> meeting those, meeting the targets through the metrics versus letting our body tell us if we're actually uh, performing at, 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 the, at the appropriate level. Right, so, and see on, on that race with Jordan, um, when he was running that race, 
okay? If he had just, the target wasn't a Z2 run. The target was, was a high Z4 run. Um, started out, you know, built and, and certainly towards the last 5K was getting up into a high Z4, low Z5 effort. RPE allowed him to, instead of thinking, oh, I've got to hit this Z4 effort, RPE said, you know, you need to be at a six, seven, seven, eight effort. Um, and so because of the environmental conditions, it still felt like a six, seven, seven, eight effort. Um, and that's what RPE does for you. It will self-adjust self to whatever the conditions are. Mm -hmm. So to Jordan, the effort felt the same. It just, because RPE self-adjusted to the circumstances, to the environmental conditions, it slowed him down. And so had he been trying to stick to that actual Z4 effort on his watch, he'd have blown up. Mm -hmm. But RPE allowed him to slow down. Well, this has been a great topic. I'm glad we jumped into RPE and, and learning a little bit more about how we can use our own bodies to uh, really self-check against um, the metrics and learning how to really pace through that um, because it's important um, to really, at the end of the day, be able to use um, that, those sensors versus any kind of digital sensor or watch or head unit or anything like that. Um, it really is about um, using our bodies and performing at our max level, but also knowing, um, knowing at what level I'm performing at that given moment. So thanks guys for digging in a little bit to, to RPE today. Um, it's great that we were able to um, explore that, that topic. Um, thanks for listening in. Um, if you're interested in learning more about BSC Multisport, uh, come find us on our website. You can find out if you're BSC through bscmultisport.com. And you can find future podcasts on our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening.